Chapter 8, Part 7 of Junior Classics, Volume 2, Folk Tales and Myths. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eva Stays. Junior Classics, Volume 2, Folk Tales and Myths by William Patton. Chapter 8, Myths of Greece and Rome, Part 7, Orpheus the Sweet Singer by Sir George W. Cox. In the pleasant valleys of a country which was called Thessaly, there lived a man whose name was Orpheus. Every day he made soft music with his golden harp and sang beautiful songs such as no one had ever heard before. And whenever Orpheus sang, then everything came to listen to him, and the trees bowed down their heads to hear. Even the clouds sailed along more gently and brightly in the sky when he sang, and the stream which ran close to his feet made a softer noise to show how glad his music made it. Now Orpheus had a wife who was called Eurydice, who he loved very dearly. All through the winter when the snow was on the hills, and all through the summer when the sunshine made everything beautiful, Orpheus used to sing to her, and Eurydice sat on the grass by his side while the beasts came round to listen, and the trees bowed down their heads to hear him. But one day when Eurydice was playing with some children on the bank of a river, she trod upon a snake in the long grass, and the snake bit her. And by and by she began to be very sick, and Eurydice knew that she must die. So she told the children to go to Orpheus, for he was far away, and say how sorry she was to leave him, and that she loved him always very dearly. And then she put her head down upon the soft grass and fell asleep and died. Sad indeed was Orpheus when the children came to tell him that Eurydice was dead. He felt so wretched that he never played upon his golden harp, and he never opened his lips to sing. And the beasts that used to listen to him wondered why Orpheus sat all alone on the green bank where Eurydice used to sit with him, and why it was that he never made any more beautiful music. All day long he sat there, and his cheeks were often wet with tears. At last he said, I cannot stay here any more. I must go and look for Eurydice. I cannot bear to be without her. And perhaps the king of the land where people go after they are dead will let her come back and live with me again. So he took his harp in his hand and went to look for Eurydice in the land where the sun goes down into his golden cup before the night comes on, and he went on and on a very long way, till at last he came to a high and dark gateway. It was bared across with iron bars and was bolted and locked so that nobody could open it. It was a wretched and gloomy place because the sunshine never came there, and it was covered with clouds and mists. In front of this great gateway, there sat a monstrous dog with three heads, six eyes, and three tongues, and everything was dark round except his eyes, which shone like fire, and which saw every one that dared to come near. Now when Orpheus came looking for Eurydice, the dog raised his three heads, opened his three mouths, and gnashed his teeth at him, and roared terribly. But when Orpheus came nearer, the dog jumped up on his feet, ready to fly at him and tear him to pieces. Then Orpheus took down his harp and began to play upon its golden strings, and the dog, Cerberus, for that was his name, growled and snarled and showed the great white teeth in his three mouths, but he could not help hearing the sweet music, and he wondered why it was that he had no longer wished to tear Orpheus to pieces. Soon the music made him quiet and still, and at last it lulled him to sleep. Then Orpheus passed by him and came upon the gate and found it wide open, for it had come open of its own accord while he was singing. He was glad when he saw this, for he thought now that he should see Eurydice. 
So he went on and on a long way until he came to the palace of the king, and there were guards placed before the door who tried to keep him from going in, but Orpheus played upon his harp, and they could not help letting him pass. So he went into the great hall, where he saw the king and queen sitting on a throne, and he came near. The king called out to him with a loud and terrible voice, "'Who are you, and how dare you come here? Do you not know that no one is allowed to come here till after he is dead? I will have you chained and placed in a dungeon from which you will never be able to get out.' Orpheus said nothing, but took his gold harp in his hand and began to sing more sweetly and gently than ever. And as he sang, the face of the king began to look almost glad, and his anger passed away. Then the king said, "'You have made me feel happy with your sweet music, although I have never felt happy before.' And now tell me why you have come, because you must want something, for otherwise no one would come before he was dead to this sad and gloomy land for which I am the king. Then Orpheus said, O king, give me back my dear Eurydice, and let her go from this gloomy place, and live with me on the bright earth again. So the king said that she could go. And the king said to Orpheus, I have given you what you wanted, because you sang so sweetly. And when you go back to earth from this place, your wife, whom you love, shall go up after you. But remember that you must never look back until she has reached the earth. For if you do, Eurydice will be brought back here, and I shall not be able to give her to you again, even if you should sing more sweetly and gently than ever. Now Orpheus was longing to see Eurydice, and he had hoped that the king would let him see her at least once, but when the king said that he must not try to see her till she had reached the earth, he was quite content, for he said, Shall I not wait patiently a little while, that Eurydice may come and live with me again? So he promised the king that he would go up to the earth without stopping to look behind him and see whether Eurydice was coming after him. Then Orpheus left the palace of the king, and he passed through the dark gateway, and the dog Cerberus did not bark or growl, for he knew that Orpheus would not have been allowed to come back if the king had not wished it. So he went on and on a long way, and he became impatient, and longed more and more to see Eurydice. At last he came near to the land of the living of the men, and he saw just a little streak of light where the sun was going to rise from the sea, and presently the sky became brighter, and he saw everything before him so clearly that he could not help turning around to look at Eurydice, but ah, she had not yet quite reached the earth, and so he lost her again. He saw something pale and white which looked just like his own dear wife and he heard a soft and gentle voice which sounded like the voice of eurydice and it all melted away and still he thought that he saw that pale white face and he heard that soft voice which said oh orpheus orpheus why did you look back how dearly i love you and how glad i should have been to live with you again but now i must go back because you have broken your promise to the king and i must not even kiss you and say how much i love you Orpheus sat down at the place where Eurydice was taken from him. He could go no further. There he stayed day after day, and his cheeks became paler, and his body weaker and weaker, till at last he knew that he must die. And Orpheus was not sorry, for although he loved the bright earth, with all its flowers and grass and sunny streams, he knew that he could not be with Eurydice again until he had left it. So at last he laid his head upon the earth and fell asleep and died. And then he and Eurydice saw each other in the land which is far away, where the sun goes down at night into his golden cup, and were never parted again. End of chapter 8, part 7